Thank you for listening to the Abundant Life Sermon Podcast. Abundant Life is based out of Lee Summit, Missouri and has campuses throughout the Kansas City metro area and online. We want to see your life changed by Jesus. For more information about Abundant Life or for locations and service times, visit livingproof.co. Thanks for listening. Good morning, church. So good to see you once again. Wherever you're gathering from, we're so glad that you've gathered. We're in a series called Irresistible. It's a vision series. We're looking back on the last two years, what we called the Impossible Campaign and all that God did. And now we're looking forward to the next two years of what God is going to do. We're calling it Irresistible because we want to put God's love on display in, in an irresistible way. That's our theme now for 2023, 2024, putting the gospel on display in irresistible ways. The year was 1943. A young lady heard a knock on the door. She's expecting her first baby. It's a little girl. She's all alone. Her husband's been deployed for World War II. She opens the door, sees somebody she has never met. A complete stranger is standing there, a young lady And this young lady that she did not know is doing something that has been done countless times. She's sharing the timeless truth. There it is, she's hearing the gospel that Jesus died for her sin, rose again. And that young lady that day heard an invitation and she heard it in an irresistible way. And on that day, it changed not just her life, but the life of many more to follow. And that is what we're talking as a church about, how to present the gospel in a truly tangible, irresistible way. Matthew chapter five today. Matthew chapter five, you have a copy of God's word. That is exactly what Jesus is now sharing in a sermon on the mount. He's talking about how his followers can be irresistible to represent Jesus in an irresistible way. And he says these words in Matthew chapter five and verse 13, he says this, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Jesus is talking about how can we as his followers be an irresistible church? How can we as his followers put the gospel on display in an irresistible way? How can we as his followers represent Jesus in an irresistible way? He says this, you're the salt of the earth. I love the way Jesus taught. Look at the genius of Jesus. He always uses illustrations and images that are timeless. And he now uses something we can see to teach us about something we cannot see. So was the way of the master. And so he says this, if you want to be irresistible, you've got to be like salt. You've got to be the salt of the earth. Now, what that means for you and I hasn't really changed that much from Jesus' day. The problem is we just now use salt for really one thing. In the ancient days, they used salt for many things. In our day, you just use salt to kind of season your steak or season your food, whatever you're eating at the time. But in Jesus' day, it was used for many, many things. And when you look in Scripture, you can understand exactly what Jesus was teaching because salt in Scripture is symbolic. It's a metaphor. In Scripture, salt is a symbol of the truth of God's Word. You see, the church is to be salty with the truth of the gospel. Now, understand, we use this term today differently than Jesus intended. If I said, man, that guy was salty, Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's not what Jesus is talking about, all right? Don't be a grumpy, grouchy, salty Christian, okay? The world's got enough grouchy people. Let's not participate, amen? All right, that's not irresistible, all right? 
That's not what I'm talking about. As a matter of fact, Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. And so what Jesus was teaching is something similar the apostle Paul would say when he said, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. We are to tell the truth, but do it with grace. We're to tell the truth, but do it with love. And that's what Paul was teaching. You see, the salt has to do with what we say. The salt has to do with the truth of God's word, the spoken word. It has to do not simply with what people see, but what they also hear say too. And so I want you to understand, most of the time, sometimes, maybe not all the time, sometimes uh, we uh, speak the truth, but instead of doing it with grace, we just kind of sprinkle it with grace. Now, I want you to see what Paul was teaching. We need to speak with grace and sprinkle it with salt. See what I'm saying? Amen? I mean, that's what makes it salty. Now, here's the reality. What we're learning is simply this. We are learning that too much of the time, the church has watered down the truth. If we're to be a salty church, meaning we're to have the truth of God's word, and we're to stand on the truth of God's word, and we're to see salt as the truth of God's word, I think about this thing that A.W. Tozier said, and he said this 70 years ago. So who's A.W. Tozier? A lot of you never heard of him. He was a theologian, a pastor, mid-20th century. He was widely read by that generation. And so in the early days of my ministry, 20 years ago, I'm just a young preacher, I read a lot of A.W. Tozier. It was very formative in my life at the time. And I have never forgotten this quote by Tozier. And he said it 70 years ago. Look at what it says. In many churches, Christianity has been watered down until the solution is so weak that that if it were a poison, it wouldn't hurt anyone, and if it were a medicine, it wouldn't cure anyone. And he said it 70 years ago. What would he say today? And I want you to see what Jesus was teaching. When Jesus was teaching that we are the salt of the earth, what happens when salt gets watered down? It's good for nothing. It loses its saltiness. You see, salt that gets watered down, Jesus said, is good for nothing but to be thrown down on the ground. And what has happened in our day is too much of time the church is in the world to change the world, but the world gets into the church and has changed the church so that we have a watered down solution of salt. Instead of standing on the truth, we water down the truth, and so the truth no longer has the power to set people free. See, we live in a time where it's like, well, you got to choose between being a person of grace and a person of truth, as if these things are mutually exclusive. You know what it says in John chapter 1 about our Savior? It says, Jesus was a man full of grace and truth. Now understand, he was 100% grace and 100% truth 100% of the time. And so if indeed we want to be irresistible followers of Jesus Christ as the image bearers of God, of those that have been born again by faith in the Son of God, you've now received the Spirit of God so that you can bear the image of God. In the same way Jesus, Colossians 1, was the visible image of the invisible God, he was living proof of a loving God to a watching world. You and I are now called to be as the body of Christ because the world can't see him, but they can see you, they can see me, Colossians 1.27, Christ in us the hope of glory, what that means is we too have to be full of grace and full of truth. It's not 50-50, like, you know, these two balance each other out. No, that's not at all what's going on here. Jesus was 100% grace and 100% truth. Now, because he was God, he did not have to manage the tension. We're not God. 
which means sometimes we won't get it exactly right. You've got to manage the tension of being 100% truth and 100% full of grace 100% of the time. But because we're not God, we have God living in us, it's not going to be as easy as it was for Jesus. It's going to be a little messy. Sometimes it's really hard to figure out how to stand for truth and do it with grace. But I want you to see, we cannot, as so many churches in modern American society, water down the truth or we're no longer salty. See, somewhere along the way, the church believed a lie in America. The lie went something like this. Well, we want to be relevant to a new generation. And so to be relevant, we began to change our methods and we began to change our models of doing church. Now, there's some things that have to change. Some things can't stay the same. What you change is the methods and the models. The problem is somewhere along the way, we began to not just change the methods and the models, we started changing the mission and the message. And those things have to stay the same because those things haven't changed. Jesus said in Hebrews chapter 13, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, which means we've got to share the old time gospel that Jesus died for our sin and rose again and share it in new ways, but the message has stayed the same. But as A.W. Tozier said, it's so watered down in modern American Christianity, if it were poison, it wouldn't kill anyone. If it were medicine, it wouldn't cure anyone. Because the church stopped being different. And when the church stops being different, we're no longer relevant. And so people hear the very same thing out there that they hear in here. And so I want to talk today about how to be an irresistible follower of Jesus, how to present the gospel on display in an irresistible way by being the salt of society, the salt in your neighborhood, the salt where you go to work, the salt where you go to school. Think about this. In Jesus' day, salt was a preservative. It was more than a seasoning. It was a preservative. These were the days before deep freezes that you could freeze things that you wanted to keep for a while, right? And so in the ancient days, if you had some meat and you didn't want to have to eat it all at once and you wanted to save it for later, you literally would take salt and you would rub it into that meat and that salt would preserve it from decay. And this is why it was a very, very valuable commodity. In the ancient days, sometimes you were paid in salt. Roman soldiers were paid in salt because it was a valuable commodity. You could trade with it. You could barter with it. You used it like money. And so Roman soldiers would be paid in salt. This is where the saying goes, even 2,000 years later. If you ever heard somebody say, well, so-and-so, he's not worth his weight in salt. Has anybody here ever heard that, that saying before? Anybody under 25 ever heard that saying before? <laughs> I have to check now. Yeah, 19-year-old young lady sitting right here for service. I looked at her and said, have you ever heard that saying? She said, no. <laughs> Don't have any idea what you're talking about. That's why I have to check now. What it mean? It goes back to the ancient days. You got paid in salt. So-and-so ain't worth it. It meant he was lazy. He's not, he's not, he's not carrying his load. It, why was it so valuable? Because it was a commodity. You preserved meat with it. Do you understand what Jesus is teaching when he says you're the salt of the earth? Meaning, if our society is in decay, if we're in moral decay, if we're in spiritual decay, it's because the church is no longer salty. We're meant to be the conscience of society, to preserve society. But consequently, because we've watered down the truth and we're no longer salty, listen, as the church goes, so goes the nation. And so how are you to be the salt, the preserving mechanism? Jesus said, listen, the church is not something you go to. The church is something you take with you. 
you is the church, which means in our city, tomorrow morning, the church is showing up in places like Cerner, Black and Veatch, Burns and McDonald, LSR 7. You see, church doesn't end just when the service ends. The church is what you take with you. You is the church. And what does that mean then? It means Jesus intends to sprinkle the salt in various places, in various spaces, to preserve society, whether it's your neighborhood, the place you go to school, the place you go to work. And so practically, what does this look like? Well, I shared in the first service, there's a lady sits right over here every Sunday. Her name is Stacy Keith. And actually, I've known Stacy almost all of my life. We actually went to youth group together. Like I've known her since I was like 12. It's amazing to watch what God does with her life now, all these years later that I get to be her pastor. So a few months ago, she began knocking on doors in her neighborhood. She lives in Raintree right here in Lee Summit, subdivision Lee Summit. And she begins inviting strangers she's never met to her home for a Bible study. And there are three ladies now in her home that comes weekly for a Bible study. And check this out. They don't know Jesus. They don't know the gospel. And she's discipling them to the gospel. You say, why would people come for a Bible study that don't even know Jesus? I'll tell you why. Because people in your neighborhood are lonely. They actually long for connection in an age where we're supposed to be connected more than ever. And so she decided, I'm going to knock on some doors. I'm going to gather some women. And here they are. She's being the salt in her neighborhood. It's awesome. I had dinner this week with a man in our church, a friend. And he is on the executive team of a very, very large insurance provider nationwide. Very, very large insurance provider. And they were discussing a policy change that would impact thousands of employees in an ungodly way. It's an ungodly policy change. So here he is, a Christian man. God has positioned him in a place of influence on this executive team. He began to respectfully push back, stand his ground. Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. He did it with grace, but he didn't water down the salt. And check this out. The company decided not to go forward with his policy that was ungodly, that would have impacted thousands of employees. Why? Because he was the salt right where God planted him. He preserved what was, not letting it go into decay. See, this is what it practically looks like. And this is what it means for you to be the salt of the earth. Practically speaking, what does it mean? Next week, go vote again. It's midterms. I know that you're tired of the political system in the U.S. of A. I am too. But do you know, we get to do what very few Christians have ever got to do that went before you. We actually get to elect our policymakers. And so we are preserving, we're being a preservative in society when we go vote and we check it out. We don't vote based on politics. Don't think politically, think biblically. See, as a Christian, don't think left or right, think up or down. It's all about God's glory. Every decision is about being an image bearer for God. That's what it looks like. Listen, families are in decay. You know why? Because we didn't do it God's way. We haven't done it God's way. We did it the world's way. And that's why, listen, I want to remind you of one of our initiatives in the Irresistible Campaign next year. We're going to launch a family discipleship ministry. And for years to come, we're going to be discipling families. 
uh, marriages, mentoring marriages, parents mentoring other parents. We're taking this castle's curriculum, a series of sermons I did years ago. We're turning into a discipleship curriculum because it's about preserving the family unit in an age of hostility toward family. And if families are in decay, it's because we didn't do it God's way. We need to pre- be the preservative. That's what it means to be the salt in Jesus' day. But Jesus wasn't done. In Jesus' day, salt wasn't only for a preservative. Salt was actually rubbed in open wounds to fight infection. Now imagine having an open wound and having somebody rub some salt in it. Everybody say, ouch. Everybody say, ouch. Listen, these were the days before antiseptics. Okay, rubbing alcohol, neosporin. Listen, as I was growing up, there was something right out of the pit of hell. And it was called hydrogen peroxide. Oh, you guys, you guys knew what hydrogen, yeah, okay, gotcha. Do millennial moms still use hydrogen peroxide? You guys ought to, because it's a legal way of torturing your kids, okay? So, I mean, that's what I thought. Man, this is bad, it just went from bad to worse. Right, it's an antiseptic. It's to fight infection, but in Jesus' day, none of that existed. If you had an open wound, you would rub some salt in it to keep it from getting infected and getting into gangrene. You see now why salt was so important. Listen very carefully. You and I, as the salt of the earth, we are to take the truth of God's word and sprinkle it into people's life and do it with grace. Now, think about that for a moment. Why do sometimes people get irritated? Because you're a person of truth. You ever heard the saying, well, sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth stings. But it's that sting that means it's doing its job. It's that sting that is cleansing that infection. When I was a little boy, one of my favorite things I did is go down to my grandpa's farm. I'm a city kid, uh, but what I love doing is going down to my grandpa's farm. I've said for many years, listen, you want to know Pastor Phil? I'm a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. That's me, okay? So I'm a city kid. My favorite time is going down to my grandpa's farm. And the favorite time on Grandpa's farm was on Roundup Day, where we would all round up all the cattle. We would herd them to the barn lot. We'd herd them into the corral, and it was vaccination day. He was going to doctor the cattle, and everybody had a job to do. Even the little kids had a job to do. And one cow at a time would come through the chute, and he'd drop the chute, and then trap them there, heads out, but they can't go anywhere now. And then my grandpa would take the big old needle and vaccinate the cow, and every once in a while, one of the cows would come through, with pink eye. A pink eye will blind a cow. As a matter of fact, pink eye will blind anything. And that's the reason you treat pink eye. And so my granddad would give me the job. Here was my job. I was to take a handful of salt. When a cow came through with pink eye, it was so fun. Because <laughs> my job was to take that salt and throw it in the cow's eye. And that cow had slobber and spit and go it's a little known talent I don't share it with very many people animal noises I haven't figured out how to make any money on it yet but good at it that cow and just go crazy hated it it stung the eye but without that salt in the eye eventually they go blind 
Do you understand every human being you know outside of Jesus is blind spiritually? As a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4 says, the God of this age, that is Satan, has blinded the mind of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. You see, your friends and family that are far from God, that have never believed on the gospel, that Jesus died for their sin and rose again, they can't believe because they're blinded spiritually. They cannot see. The God of this age has blinded them. Do you understand what I do every Sunday morning? morning is I just take the salt of God's word and I just sprinkle it in people's eyes. And sometimes people get a little irritated with Pastor Phil because sometimes the truth hurts. Listen, if you hear any preacher speak from the word of God and your life is not in line with the word of God, the preacher's not the one that's out of line. He just loves you enough to tell you the truth because sin is an infection that will eventually destroy your soul. And that is why sometimes when you stand for truth in the public square, in the workplace or school or wherever it is, your neighborhood, not everybody's going to cheer for you. The truth stings. The truth hurts. Do it with grace. Season it with salt. But you see, salt is about fighting infection. And that is why I shared a couple of weeks ago as we were laying this platform, pouring the concrete on which I now stand, I literally wrote a letter, a covenant to our God, where I promised this platform would forever be a place where the word of God is preached with humility yet without compromise, without apology. We will never water down the salt of God's word. We will keep it salty. We did the same thing recently, just this week, as we're getting ready to launch Crossroads, uh, Bunnett Life Campus in the heart of our city. The very last concrete footing was being poured this week. And Chad Glover, our teaching pastor that is uh, launching our Crossroads Campus, he literally took a copy of God's word, the Bible. He took a letter from me, a covenant promise we are making to God Almighty. And as they were pouring the the footing and the foundation of our Crossroads campus, he put this into a time machine where he took it and he buried it literally in the foundation of what's going to be our Crossroads campus, symbolically promising once again that we will forever stand on the word of God, that the word of God will be the foundation of our church for generations and generations and generations. And from 1840 Cherry, the word of God's gonna be preached to our city in the very heart of our city, Kansas City. I want you to see one last thing about salt. Listen carefully, in Jesus' day, like our day, salt makes people thirsty. Salt makes people thirsty. So how are you living irresistibly that makes people thirst for what they see in you and me? And what they see in you and me is Colossians 1.27, Christ in us, the hope of glory. There's something about our lives that ought to make people thirst for what we have. And what we have is the living water, the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a woman at the well, John chapter four, Pastor Mark John's friend of mine preached out of that passage just a week ago. You know what? Jesus was looking for his one in John chapter four. He ministered to masses of people, yet he always had time for the one. He's always looking for the one. And in John chapter four, he meets a woman at a well. 
They have something in common. They're both thirsty, but the water in that well will still leave them thirsty. They gotta come again and again and again. And that is the nature of sin. When we go back to sin over and over again, we are dipping our bucket in the poison wells of this world that can never satisfy fully because it's not everlasting. And Jesus said these words to this woman at the well, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. God has put a thirst in the heart of every human being. And it's our job to make him thirsty for that living water, that fountain of water that Jesus alone can give. So what is it about your life that other people see in a way that you're living irresistibly that makes them begin to thirst for the Son of God? They say you've gotta be you know, salty or sugary. You're either a salt person or sugar person. I disagree. Because I like salt and sugar. Okay, so if I go out to eat at a Mexican restaurant, I'm that guy that will sprinkle a little bit of salt on my tortilla chips. And Krista does it too, so don't just hate on me, okay? Because I know you won't hate on her. So we like a little salt on our tortilla chips we're going to have with some salsa. And then guess what? On occasion, I'll go ahead and order the Mexican fried ice cream for dessert. Or sopapillas with the cinnamon and the honey. Yeah, I'm salty and sugary. You don't have to choose. If I go to a movie, guess what I do? I still like going to a movie. You know, the movie theaters have upped their game. With Netflix, they had to. So if you go to the movie here in Lee Summit, they have put in extra large oversized recliners. And when I go to a movie, on occasion I do, when there's something actually good to watch, we do. I still like going to a movie. You know what I do every single time? I will go first to the counter where I buy the extra large refillable for free popcorn. And did you know they do this now? They didn't used to, but they do this now. They let you take your extra large free refill bag of popcorn and put the butter on yourself. So I baptize my popcorn (laughs) in butter. It's awesome. And then you can go back again and again and again for free Fill up it as many times as you want. Now listen, when the movie theater gives you free popcorn, refillable popcorn, come again and again and again, they're not just being benevolent, okay? They're not just being generous. What they know is if you eat enough popcorn, eventually you're gonna have to go back because you're thirsty and you're gonna order the Dr. Pepper for $6.95. <laughs> that costs them about 19 cents. Oh yeah, they get it. They're trying to make you thirsty because you're going to want something to drink. Do you understand? Jesus with the woman at the well was making her thirsty for something more than she had ever drank before. That is the role of you and me as the image bearers of God. We're to live in irresistible ways in front of a watching world. We like to say it this way, living proof of a loving God to a watching world. So what is it about your life that makes other people thirst for what you have? And I'm talking about Jesus. You see, this is the mission of the church. It always has been. It's never, ever changed. 
It's true of the church as a family, as a body, and it's true of your life individually, personally, if indeed you're a follower of Jesus. Jesus defined the church's mission. It's known as the Great Commission. But for many churches, it's become the great omission or maybe the great suggestion. Uh, for some of us, it's become the great option. No, Jesus gave us the mission right before he ascended back into heaven. It goes this way, Acts 1 and verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is what Jesus said. I want you to take the good news, the gospel, that he died for our sin, that he rose again again so that we can all be born again, become like him, forgiven of our sin, and live forever in heaven. I want you to take that amazing, awesome news from your Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, meaning from your city globally, meaning from your neighbors to the nations. That is the Great Commission, which is why we are one-upping another one of our initiatives. We did this in the Impossible Campaign. We are doing it again for the Irresistible Campaign. We call it the Not Ashamed Initiative. I am looking for a 1,000 people today who will sign up at livingproof.co slash not ashamed and simply say, for the next two years, I'm gonna be one that's looking for my one. Listen, Jesus found his one in John chapter four. A woman at a well. Jesus saw more than the faces in the crowd. He knew every person's name. In Luke 15, he told the parable of the 99 sheep. The shepherd leaves the 99 to go find that one. Now listen, you can't save anyone. Jesus does the saving, but he calls us to do the sharing. You're simply saying, I will look for that one. I will live on mission. So sign up today, and we will equip you, we will empower you, we'll give you the tools. A lot of people think, well, I don't know how to share the gospel. I'd, I'd share with my friends if I knew how. Listen, you will know how. We will show you how. We will train you and equip you. But let me just say, you already know how. The most powerful thing you have to simply sharing your story of what God has done for you. All you gotta do is share what God has done for you. Romans 6, 23, one verse, here's the gospel. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you just know one verse, you got all you need. The wages of sin is death. Sin always brings death, separation forever from God, forever and ever and ever. But Jesus came to give us a gift. He died for our sin. He rose again to give us everlasting life. See, you can do this. And that is the mission. That's the call of God on all of our lives, to live out the Great Commission, not just as a family, as a church body, but individually and personally. Sign up today. Now listen, the Great Commission is not fulfilled by addition, but rather multiplication. See, the historical method of church in America is Great Commission by addition. One location, law of attraction. Everybody from out there, come here, and we no longer have enough room in here. Build a bigger auditorium so more people out there can come here. One location, one space, one place. When you're out of room in that auditorium, build a bigger auditorium so you can hold more people, one location. See, that's great commission by addition, but that was never the paradigm that Jesus intended. You cannot reach a city, much less the world, from one location, the law of addition, simply the law of attraction. No, the reality is the goal is not to see how many we can gather, but how many we can scatter. That's the great commission. 
And that is why our church's vision is now multiplication. The goal is not to see how many people can we get to come to Lee Summit on a Sunday morning. No, the goal is to go from here to there and do it over and over again. That's the law of multiplication. So that's what we're going to be doing now until Jesus comes and gets his bride. Forever and ever and ever. Every finish line is another starting line. We're coming up to the finish line on the Impossible Campaign. We're starting a brand new starting line with the Irresistible Campaign. So I want to look back and then look forward. I am so excited for what God has done in the last two years because our vision was and is to multiply abundant life gatherings in new places to reach new faces. So we had a vision with the Impossible Campaign to launch Abundant Life Independence at 23rd and Nolan Road. We merged with a smaller church church. And uh, we had this building built in the 1960s, 1970s at 23rd and Nolan Road. And we sent about 125 people from here to there. And today those 125 are around 400. See, that's multiplication. And because of your generosity... We've taken an older church facility, we've renovated this space into a wonderful place for people to come, hear the gospel, and hear the salt and the truth of God's word. Listen, there is a salt line and a salt mine that's been reestablished in Independence, Missouri. I'm so proud of you guys in Independence. You're getting it done for Jesus. You're living irresistibly, and I could not be more proud of what's going on in Independence, Missouri because of the generosity that you gave during our impossible campaign to renovate this space. One of my favorite pictures is this picture right here. So this was the back to school resource fair. 700 people stood in line to get into the clothes closet that day. 700 people were ministered to in tangible ways, irresistible ways. Hey guys, there's a food pantry in Independence Campus. A few years ago, nine people on average we're using the food pantry today. Almost 300 families a week are ministered to through the food pantry. You guys are doing it irresistibly. Living proof of a loving God to a watching world. Yesterday they had a family fun fest and they had some fun inflatables and they ministered again in those material ways. Do you understand why the church is called to minister materially and physically? It's so we can reach a far deeper need, the deeper need people have spiritually and eternally. See, people come for groceries, but they get the gospel. They get a hold of God. So now there is life change taking place. And independence, hey, a win anywhere at Abundant Life is a win everywhere at Abundant Life. Let's celebrate right now, independence, what God is doing from the corner of 23rd and Nolan Road. God used you to do this. Some of you will never go there to worship, but God used you, and lives are being changed. Now, we weren't done. We had a vision for the crossroads the heart of Kansas City, 
downtown Kansas City. Because of your generosity financially, we're able to buy and purchase two buildings at 1822 Cherry, 1840 Cherry. This is a 1940s build warehouse. And it's being renovated into what will soon be an Abundant Life campus, a place to worship. And the renovation is happening. We'll be launching in the spring. Uh, We had our very first gathering on the rooftop of 1840 Cherry with Dave Williams and some of our other staff. This picture was taken Friday night from the rooftop of what will be the Abundant Life Campus overlooking Kansas City. Now I just share this to say, not all of you can go to the crossroads. Some of you have to stay. All right, I know this guy, man, that's amazing. I wanna go to church there. We have a rooftop here in Lee Summit. You might get arrested for going up there, but we have a rooftop. And this space is being renovated. Now, we got pushed back the timeline. The permitting took much longer than anticipated, but we will be launching in the spring. We will have our first Easter service in this facility next spring. It's going to happen. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people from the heart of our city is going to hear the gospel for years and years and years to come. God used you to make this happen. We thought it was impossible, but Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. Now, let me give you a vision for the future, the Irresistible Campaign. This is 1822. This building is right next to 1840. This was an 1890s firehouse. That's the history of this building. And we're going to take this building, we're going to renovate it as part of the Irresistible Campaign. God willing, next spring, next summer sometime, renovation will begin as part of our Irresistible Campaign that we're going to be in starting in January. We're going to use this building for two things. It's going to be Sunday school space for kids on Sunday mornings. It's going to be a counseling center through the week. Our counseling center that we have now, about 30 Christian LPCs, they're a part of our counseling center, guys. They saw 10,000 people a year ago. 10,000 appointments. All right, now check this out. 40% of those appointments minister to members of our church within. 60% of those appointments minister to people in our city, in our community that don't even go to church. See, this counseling center has become a bridge. It's become a bridge to our community, a bridge to the city. For many people, they come because they don't know what they need And what they find is they need Jesus. This is why we're going to the heart of our city with a counseling center. Because one of the things we can do to show irresistible love to our city is launch the Abundant Life Counseling Center right there in the heart of our city to minister to families, to minister to people struggling with addiction, to minister to people struggling with depression, all the things that so many people navigate in modern American society. Now, there's this parking lot in between. This is not a parking lot. Picture this. It's green, beautiful courtyard with picnic benches, great place to gather. And then this looks like a loading dock. For decades, it was a loading dock. That is not a loading dock. That is a stage for live music on First Fridays in the crossroads. Can you guys see it? Yeah? So First Fridays is something that happens in the crossroads. It's live music and venues everywhere. Well, guess what? We're going to have one. And many years ago, somebody put that in thinking it was a loading dock. It was a loading dock, but they did not know one day it would be a stage for the worship of the living God. And that's where we're headed. 
as we launch Crossroads in the city. Now, this is going to happen. We are giving birth to a campus in the spring, but you got to have one in the incubator. So we've got one in the incubator, all right? We've got a little bread in the oven. And two weeks ago, our church voted overwhelmingly to purchase the Church of Christ in Overland Park, Kansas, and 119th and Flum. 24 and a half acres, 1,000 seat auditorium, 80,000 square foot facility. And so this is gonna be part of our irresistible campaign as we prepare to launch. We're not gonna launch this yet until we fully launch Crossroads. But we are preparing as a part of our irresistible campaign to do some renovation. It's largely turnkey. It'll be ready in many ways to begin worshiping in there. And this is going to be a part of our irresistible campaign to begin building the runway to launch Abundant Life Johnson County. Why would we go to Johnson County, Kansas? Because Jesus said, go to your Jerusalem. This is our Jerusalem. If you live in Kansas City, to reach our Jerusalem eventually means you go to Johnson County. There are 600,000 people that live there, and our science and data says over half of them, 300,000 of them, don't go to church anywhere. So we have the sense that we live in a churched area where you know everybody goes to church. Yeah, churches are everywhere, but do you understand we live in a place and a space and time where more and more people are far from God. They don't even know the good news, the gospel, that Jesus died for their sin and rose again. And so we're coming to Johnson County, Kansas to take Jesus to Jayhawks. I'm out of time, I gotta be done, I got more to share. I'm looking at the time. I literally don't have time to finish my sermon. So let me just finish with this. 1943, young lady hears that knock on the door, opens the door, sees a stranger standing there, a woman she's never met. That stranger, that unknown, unnamed, unknown woman invites this young lady to church. There's a new church that's just started called the Kansas City Baptist Temple, 1943. That young lady carrying her first baby was my grandmother. And that baby she's carrying was a little baby girl she'd call Judy. That was my mother. My grandmother would hear that invitation. She would find it irresistible. She would go to church that Sunday with that lady that invited her. She'd hear the gospel for the first time in her life. She wasn't a religious person. What religion she had was Mormon. But she heard the salt. The salt was sprinkled in her eyes. She saw the light of the gospel. She became a follower of Jesus Christ. And I want you to see that when you live for the Great Commission... It changes someone's life. But a changed life changes lives. One life change changes other lives. It could be argued that I'm here today because some lady I have never met, I don't even know her name, invited my grandmother to come to church one Sunday morning. See, when you live for the Great Commission, 
It impacts future generations. It alters human destinies and changes family trees. Just one life changed one time. I'm praying for thousands and thousands of lives for decades and decades to come. Jesus, I pray that we could be that kind of a church, a salty church that will never water down what it means to be a Christian, that will never forget the main mission, the souls of men and women, redemption. We live at desperate times and difficult days, but days of unprecedented opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, this door you opened in the crossroads of our city. And now Johnson County, Kansas. Thank you, Lord, for those that are living out this mission in places like New Richards, Wisconsin, Parkersburg, Iowa, Mexico, Missouri, in the small spaces, and out of the way places, from the city to the suburbs, to the nation and the nations. God help us, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Give Jesus the glory with me today, would you? Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure and subscribe and share with a friend. We hope today's message inspired and challenged you. Let's go be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. For more information about Abundant Life, visit livingproof.co or follow us on social media at Abundant Life LS.